listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program. It's sports talk, as we like to say, without all the trash talk. Hope you'll be encouraged after spending half an hour or so here with us this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever it is you're listening to this radio program or podcast, depending on how you're listening. You ever been to a game? in person and been sitting in an area where there's a fan being somewhat obnoxious or at least what you consider to be obnoxious? Oh, yeah. I think if you've been to more than three or four sporting events, and it's almost you have to have been where their fans are being obnoxious. Sometimes what they're doing isn't necessarily against the rules. It's just irritating. It's just annoying. Maybe those zuzus or whatever those horn-sounding thing at the soccer game, those are annoying, right? I think alcohol always tends to add to the annoyance factor. Oh, People yeah. tend to be a little bit more inappropriate, use foul language, vulgar language, in fact. I find that annoying. The Vanderbilt University Athletic Program has a couple of fans known as the Vandy Whistlers. To Vanderbilt fans, these guys are great. They love them. They're part of the tradition. To other fans around the SEC, well, not quite so much. They aren't really doing anything wrong. They just cheer on their teams and incorporate various whistles as they do it. Not a mechanical device. I'm not talking about a basketball whistle. Naturally sounding whistle, you know, one you'd produce with your own body, like you're whistling a tune. Vanderbilt made it to this year's College World Series, and one of the Commodore's whistling fans, a guy by the name of Preacher Franklin, has traveled to the World Series to support the, to his team. In fact, the other guy is hoping to be there this weekend. Only his enthusiasm, Franklin's, has not been so well received in Omaha at the stadium for the College World Series. And in fact, it's even drawn national attention this time around. An official with the College World Series has asked him to stop, to stop whistling. Franklin says that he was warned three times by a tournament employee to stop whistling during Vanderbilt's game on this past Sunday, and that if he didn't, he risked being removed from the ballpark, once again, for whistling. This is in response to complaints from other fans watching the game, get this, both in person and on TV. Wow, so they're whistling pretty loud. Yeah, on TV. Apparently, people watching the game at home were so annoyed by the whistling that they called in to complain. Would you ever? Did you even know that this was a thing? First of all, there's nothing the network can do about it. It's not like the with NBC or whatever channel it's on, like they can just go quiet those guys down. Yeah. Also, Preacher Franklin is an awesome name. This sounds like a blues musician that I would listen to. <laughs> I could have called in all these years and, and complained that I find Marlon's guy annoying and have him removed from view of the camera from behind home plate. Now, Franklin does point out that the stadium lists noise-making devices of any kind uh, as prohibited items. Bells, whistles, horns. These are banned items. Though, according to Franklin, whistling produced naturally is not specifically listed as being prohibited. The stadium folks, they have a different interpretation, saying that their policy prohibits disruptive noise-making of any kind. Here's the thing. 
if you're going to throw these guys out just for whistling, you've got to throw out every drunk guy who yells something. You've got to yell out. You've got to throw out everybody who claps too loud. You know, I just feel like if you start here with the whistling, it's inconsistent if you don't start throwing out a whole bunch of other people. That's true. Franklin said that he had a lawyer friend reach out to him. Incredible, right? Lawyers over whistling. And the lawyer friend told him, go on a whistle. If they throw you out, we'll sue him. And I like Franklin's response. He said, I, I don't know, man. I, I want to watch the game. The guy is 72 years old. He's been at this for 15 years or so. Old habits die hard. He meant to tone it down some to keep the peace, but found, found out he couldn't really help himself a few times, started getting a little excited. At one point during the game, a security guard did come up and give him a warning, at which time reports said that other Vanderbilt fans started whistling too in, in support of Franklin, figuring you can't throw us all out, or maybe they can't. I don't know. It never got to that point. For the most part, he did his best only to whistle at times when Vanderbilt was doing something good in the game. Franklin said he came to a sort of understanding with stadium officials. And for their part, a supervisor said they were happy to work with him, saying, I think our goal was to find a happy medium. And I think we left today feeling like we did. But what's the appropriate protocol here? If I was doing something that annoyed somebody else and they asked me to stop, I'm not talking about going and finding somebody else to come to me. If you came to me and said, hey, man, will you stop? I, I think that's, you know, it's just sort of grating on me. I think I'm much more considerate of other people than they are of me. So I, I, I believe I, I'd stop. Of course, everybody thinks that, don't they? But I, I think I'd stop. That said, unless it was rude or inappropriate or foul or vulgar language, that tends to get under my skin in, in public. I, I don't think I would ever ask somebody to stop what they're doing just because I found it annoying. Something like a whistle. Yes, foul language, inappropriate behavior, these sorts of things for sure. I think I just suck it up. I think I just deal with it. I mean, it's a whistle, right? What? Come on. I suppose from a biblical perspective, one reason I would stop if I were asked, because I wouldn't want to be a stumbling block to somebody else. I wouldn't want to be the cause of their anger or the cause of their frustration or the cause of whatever that anger and frustration leads to. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, But take heed, lest by any means that liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. I could be doing something which might seem fairly innocent to me, but it frosted someone else so much that they end up getting in a fight, or they end up getting in an argument, or they end up getting hurt in a fight, or you know, something stupid. Who knows? What else? No, I'm not at fault for their reaction or where their anger or frustration over what I'm doing takes them, but I was a bit of a stumbling block to them, and I could have avoided it easily enough by just not doing what these folks found to be doing. Now, there is a point at which point somebody's request becomes absurd, right? I mean, there are things. Oh, stop breathing. You know, the incessant in and out with the air. It's just annoying. Stop. Re Obviously, that's absurd. How about the people that yell at you like, oh, can you go chew somewhere else? I can't stand your chewing. That's the big one for me. We have people in our family that chew with their mouth open. Oh, my God. I think you should legally be allowed to shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Paul wrote a book to the church in Philippi because they were having problems with people, dealing with people issues. The book of Philippians has a great deal to say about relationships and about dealing with others. He says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that we should, with humility of mind, regard one another 
as more important than yourselves. And in verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. If I do that, if I look out for the interests of others, then I should have no problem stopping my whistling or whatever I'm doing that other people are finding annoying or stopping what I'm doing to accommodate somebody else's request. God wants you to consider those irritating, those annoying people in your life as being more important than you. I know that's that's crazy, right? To be truthful when dealing with somebody else, when dealing with an annoying person, when, when, when I find somebody else annoying, I tend to forget that I'm a sinner too. We forget that we're sinners. I focus on someone else's faults. It distracts me from focusing on mine. It's possible, I suppose, that maybe people find something I do to be annoying. It's possible, not likely, but possible. I said a few moments ago that it's crazy that God wants you and I to consider the annoying and irritating people in our lives as more important than ourselves. But that's exactly what he did. You know, it's been said that people may sacrifice, people may give up something, even their lives, for a good person. But how much would you really be willing to sacrifice to give up for somebody that you know is just a bad person at heart? When Jesus gave his life on the cross, it was for people with dark hearts. It was for people full of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Did you get that while we were yet sinners? Christ died for us. Our sins, well, they're against God. They're against Christ himself, and yet he died for us. God knew that because of sin, it's not possible for us to be with him in heaven. So regardless of how annoying, regardless of how irritating, regardless of how sinful we are, he made it he made a way for us to be with him. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. He shed his blood. He laid down his life to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His death, as well as his resurrection, makes it possible for us to be forgiven of all our wrongs and to go to heaven if we accept the free gift of salvation which God offers. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way because he's the only one worthy having never sinned. And by the way, he's the only one to ever conquer death, to rise from the grave, proving he's the one true God. He has the power over life and death. The free gift of eternal life in heaven is yours to accept or yours to reject. God offers you his love. He offers you his mercy, but he leaves that choice up to you. If you want to be forgiven of your sins, and spend eternity in heaven, then admit to God your sins. Admit to him that you're a sinner. Ask him to forgive you. If you choose to reject his offer, there's nothing you need to do. But know this, there will come a time when that bill will come due. And there's only one place you can spend eternity if you're not spending it in heaven with God. And I hope, I pray that's not the choice you make. The Bible promises 
that by confessing our sins, God will forgive us of our sins. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He takes all our sin away. He wipes the slate clean. He takes all the dirt and grime that sin and filth puts on us and wipes it all away, cleanses us from it. Pray to God. I hope you do this. I hope you would pray to God, admit your sin and your guilt. Tell him you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, was buried, rose again for you, and ask God to forgive you of your sins and to help you repent, to turn away from sin. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you do that today. I hope you don't wait. I hope you give your God, your heart to God the first chance you get, even right now. And if we can help in any way, feel free to reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. So glad to have you with us here on the Beyond the Game program, coming to you from Rochester, New York, recording in the BTG studio. But you know, you can get the show wherever you are, whenever you want it. This week, we say hello and we say thank you to Spring Valley, New York, just one of the many places to download last week's program. Spring Valley is in Rockland County, just a bit north of New York City, not all that far from where I grew up in Ulster County. Actress Juliana Margulies was born in Spring Valley, New York. Also born in Spring Valley was three-time Pro Bowl linebacker Seth Joyner. He was one of those guys who had a championship walk-off, winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos in the very last game of his career. Legend has it that Joyner once played in a primetime Monday night football game with a 102-degree fever, and in that game he made eight tackles, forced forced and recovered, I should say, two fumbles, 
and got to the quarterback twice, all with a 102-degree fever. To those of you in Spring Valley, New York, and to those of you wherever you are, wherever it is you're listening from, however it is you're listening on the radio or through our podcast, we thank you for being with us as well. Here is my friend Zach Barletta with this week's Shenanigans Statements. All right, number one, the Yankees trade for Edwin Encarnacion doesn't help them since he can't pitch. I say shenanigans. I mean, there's nothing that helps a pitcher like a big lead, in, mm-hmm. especially in the early part of a game. We saw that the other night. Yankees got off to a 6 nothing lead, gave Sabathia a big cushion, although on this particular night he didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Sure, I want to see the staff bolstered, but they got Encarnacion pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, they didn't have to. I, I think it was a great deal for them. I think it's a no-brainer to make it. Agreed. Uh, you know, it's not like they only had one move to make and now they've made it and now they're not going to get any pitching. I think we talked about it last week, the fact that there's a lot of pitching out there. It's a buyer's market. The Yankees will be active, plus not needing Clint Frazier's bat in the lineup anymore because they have Encarnacion makes him a very valuable trade chip. So I think we will see a trade for a pitcher soon. Um, meanwhile, I can't find any downside to adding the AL home run leader to your lineup. So it seems like a no-brainer to me as well. Yeah, and don't you just feel bad for a guy like Clint Frazier? He's mm-hmm. got all these skills. hes I mean, he'd be still up in any other lineup, but here with New York, he's sent down to the minors, and he just, I don't know, he's just never seemed to fit, whether it's the, the media interaction, the uh, frustrations with the team itself. I just, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, and I think he's going to go somewhere else and be very good. I agree. Number two, with news breaking this week that there's tension between Chris Paul and James Harden, the Rockets will be forced to trade Chris Paul. Yeah, they're not trading Harden. <laughs> and, and Paul's been a shell of him former, so I don't think they're going to be all that disappointed to see him go somewhere else. The West looks like it might be up for grabs this season, but I think the Rockets have shown over the last few seasons that I think they've sort of topped out with what they have. They need to retool and shipping Chris Paul away and building some other pieces around Harden might be what they need to do. I'm going to say shenanigans. I know Chris Paul hasn't been all he was cracked up to be with the Rockets, but at the same time, like you said, the West is there for the taking with all the injuries that have hit Golden State. And this is a league where winners are driven by superstars. I think it makes more sense to keep the stars you have and send them to couples therapy or whatever than (laughs) ship a superstar out. Number three, the Anthony Davis trade makes the Lakers favorites in that wide-open Western Conference. What do you think here? I say shenanigans. Mm. Uh, look, he's a tremendous player, and mm-hmm. pairing him with LeBron is going to make them a fun team to watch. But at the same time, there's some other teams in that conference that won a bunch of games last year that haven't lost anybody. And uh, I just think the jump from where they were last year to being the favorites is a little too big for me. I agree with you. Uh, Shenanigans. It puts them among the favorites for sure, but the Blazers are good. The Nuggets are good. And the Jazz, now with Mike Conley, are better. No, I don't think it makes them the favorites. Certainly not, but it it puts them in in the hunt for sure. They're probably no longer the favorites to be last. I would agree with that. When we come back, we'll tell you what it is that we like this week from the world of sports. It's our You Like That segment, and it's coming up next. Stick with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. You're listening to Beyond the Game. 
talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA National Championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the program. We thank you for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. As is our practice, we'll close out the show with something encouraging from the world of sports. We call it our You Like That segment. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. How good were the NHL awards this past week? There were a number of encouraging moments from hockey's big night. You might remember earlier this year that 11-year-old Anderson Whitehead lost his mother to cancer. She'd hoped to set it up so her son could meet his hero, Canadian's goalie, Carey Price, but unfortunately, she passed away before that could happen. His aunt picked up where his mom had left off and made the meeting come together. That won the NHL's feel-good moment of the year, and Anderson was brought up on stage where Price again addressed and encouraged the boy via video. Only he paused during the video and walked out from behind the curtain in person to greet Anderson again. There was also Robin Leonard, goalie for the beloved New York Islanders who won the Masterson Trophy for Perseverance. Leonard admitted back in training camp that he had gone for treatment for depression, anxiety, addictions, and also had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He said his decision to get treatment was life-changing for him and addressed dealing with mental illness while on stage to accept his award. He said, we've got to end the stigma. I'm not afraid to say I'm mentally ill. That doesn't mean mentally weak. By the way, he racked up 25 wins this season. He was a finalist for the top goalie in the league. Good job for him after admitting all that. And if that all wasn't enough, Carey Price, Robin Leonard, the NHL arranged for Alex Trebek, the famous host of Jeopardy, to present the Hart Trophy to Tampa Bay Lightning forward Nikita Kucherov. Trebek, who of course is battling pancreatic cancer, says, as you all know, Growing up in Canada, you realize very early that hockey is in your DNA. The multiple feel-good moments at this week's NHL Awards is what I like this week. What I like this week was what Albert Pujols did after a game against the Blue Jays earlier this week. After the game ended, Angels first baseman Albert Pujols noticed a kid with Down syndrome in the first row wearing a Pujols jersey. Pujols came over, took off his own game-worn jersey, signed it, and gave it to the kid. And then he picked the kid up and posed with him for some pictures for the kid's family. And uh, it was a, a great video to see. It's on Twitter if you mm. want to look it up. Just a spectacular moment. You could see the joy all over this kid's face. It was a really heartwarming moment to see. So Albert Pujols helping uh, helping make the night for a kid with Down syndrome is what I like this week. 
Well, that'll do it. We're at the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. Join us again, won't you, next week as we continue mixing sports talk and biblical perspective. Here's just one more thing, though. As responsible adults, we all know fighting at a youth sports event is disgusting. Many of you this week saw a viral video which broke out at a youth baseball game in Lakewood, Colorado. This was a baseball game between seven-year-olds. I've not gotten any update since midweek when Lakewood police were looking for help in identifying man who was shown in the video punching the side of another man's head with such force it knocked him unconscious. Also in the news recently was a lacrosse game in Ontario where police charged a lacrosse coach with assault after his verbal dispute with a referee ended up in a physical altercation. According to police reports, officers found the victim bleeding as a result of a physical altercation. It said that the referee went to the hospital and spent most of the night there. Now, it doesn't take much maturity to say this type of behavior is inappropriate, and yet many people are posting to social media, finding these things, these acts humorous. Perhaps such posts are cry for attention themselves. Perhaps these posts are a result of a twisted sense of humor. What they aren't is helpful. Young people see these responses by adults. They are unable or they are unwilling to identify the intended humor or perhaps the attention-seeking, and they see it as a stamp of approval for these just disgusting, vile acts. I can say as someone who runs sports leagues that parents are absolutely the most difficult part of youth organized sports. Many parents apparently don't realize a few things. One, that your child's success or lack thereof will do nothing, absolutely nothing, to change the unfulfilled dreams of your youth. They in no way reflect who you are as a parent, a coach, or teacher of the game. Additionally, chances are your child is not the next Mike Trout, Wayne Gretzky, or LeBron James. For crying out loud, let your child enjoy the game. Teach them. Teach them both through winning and losing, but teaching them to fight or cheat in order to succeed, man, check yourself. And another thing, instead of using your cell phone to record these vile acts, use them to call 911. Get help. I know some of you are justifying how you, now there's video evidence to help the authorities capture the perpetrators. But let's be honest, many of you are just hoping for the next viral video. Many of you are hoping to get that video you know will titillate all your friends. You too need to check yourself. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 and through 18 says this, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Your behavior reflects your faith in God. The person who trusts in God doesn't find it necessary to avenge themselves or to satisfy their own pride. Instead, they leave such things in the hands of God. That's it for us this week. Remember that this program is only on the air thanks to the generous support, financial and prayerful, of our listeners. It's because of your prayers. It's because of your financial gifts that the Beyond the Game program is on the air. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry. And if you feel led to give, visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week, right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Be bold.